Welcome to the Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer. Join us as Deb talks with her guests, experts in their fields, as they share real-life stories and techniques to power up your business. Good morning, good morning. I am Deb Creer, and I am passionate about working with professionals to give them the tools to make themselves and their businesses as successful as possible. And I'm going to share a little secret with you all. I pre-record my programs. Eek! I know that's you know what? We, I know, but you know technology is such a great thing. It allows us to do that. But Joe, technology failed us last time when you and I talked. And and it's so funny because um you know I, Joe and I so I'm speaking with Joe Batesh and we're gonna have so much fun today. And I'll tell folks just a little bit about you in a moment. But we did record our program a, a couple of weeks ago. I went to edit, and I seem to have had laryngitis. There was no audio on my side. But I'm so excited to talk to you again because I love talking with you before, and so this is just great. Fate decided that we needed to talk again. I love it. I love it. I love it. Great. Um, you know, and, and, and I have to tell folks, one of the things that is has got me so excited about talking with you again, and, and it was funny because I talked to my producer about this. You are so accomplished, and we'll go into you know everything that you guys have done. And you are <clears throat> a youngster, <laughs> you know? and and uh, but the the reason I'm saying this is you are truly wise, far beyond your years. I appreciate that so much. It means so much coming from you, especially. Well, thank you. And you know, it was it really was. I was so impressed when I talked with you before because you have so much insight on how to help your clients, how to get them, uh, get their message seen and heard and recognized and, you know, all of those various things. And and I just think we're really going to have a good time talking through this again. Yeah, really looking forward to it. Great. Well, for those of you who, you know, are still wondering who the heck I'm talking to, let me tell you just a little bit about Joe. So, so New York born with a Danish heritage, Joe Batesh is inspired by Copenhagen design and driven by Manhattan hustle. He is the founder and creative business director of Batesh Media, a boutique New York branding agency. He gives talks, teaches classes, hosts meetups, invests in startups, eats too much sushi, and does CrossFit. So again, Joe, welcome to our program. Thank you so, so, so much for having me. It's such a, it's such a pleasure to be here again twice. Yeah. I feel really lucky. It really was fun talking with you last time, and so this is going to be so cool to 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 go about this again, because you know even if we had the recording from last time, it would it would be so much fun because I think people are going to learn so much because you have so many great tips and, and inspiration to provide. I'm so excited. Great. Well, you know, we we won't talk about just actually how young you are, but you know, how did you decide that this was something that you were going to make your life's passion, or at least for right now? So I'll tell you. So so growing up, my father had furniture stores in um, in New Jersey and in Pennsylvania. Okay. And I always say, growing up, I was as soon as I could talk, mm-hmm. he put me on the floor selling furniture with him. Okay. And I knew two languages, English and sales. <laughs> for me, sales is always really, really in my blood and a part of my culture. Okay. But it was more than just than just than moving product. It was really understanding what a customer wanted mm-hmm. and how to give that to them. Right. Whether it was a sofa or a friend and just trying to find a way to merge the two, you know? Mm-hmm. So I, I was brought up in a culture like that. Okay. And as soon as I was in about sixth or seventh grade, I was old enough to work in the warehouse. Yay. <laughs> so during the summers, I spent um, about eight hours a day in the sun putting furniture together, okay. which was, uh, it was good. It wasn't, I didn't see it as so valuable at the time, but um, it definitely gave me um, a, a work ethic that I can't really say could be replicated anywhere else, okay. uh, doing anything else really. Mm-hmm. So um, eventually I was in high school and my father said I can get an internship somewhere in, in New York because mm-hmm. we were based out of Jersey. And I started working for an IT company, okay. um, provided computers and network systems for all these big companies in Manhattan. And I fell in love with technology. You know, I learned how to put it, put together a computer, how to take it apart, how to install softwares. 
and I fell in love with the whole tech culture. And this is this is around 2010, 2011, so the time where um, you have things like Twitter, Facebook, YouTube really starting to gain traction across the states and really proving to people that this is something that's going to make a difference. Mm-hmm. Um, and that this isn't just a social phenomenon. This is really a market phenomenon. And that's right. something that's going to affect the economy in a big way. Um, so at that time, I, I was cognizant of all this just because reading the news, reading the paper, um, I started reading books about it. And startup culture was really becoming a phenomenon that, that people were engaged in, especially because the media started to really cover it. Mm-hmm. And then the next year, I was, um, I, was, I was supposed to intern for a web design company, mm-hmm. um, designed small websites for smaller companies, and I spent two months out of my summer trying to learn HTML and CSS and all the types of code, and I simply couldn't get it through my head. Okay. I was working day in, day out for two months, and it was just, it was not penetrating. Mm-hmm. And then one day, I'm sitting in the office, and I see my boss, I'm looking over his shoulder, and he's... he's He's doing something on his computer, and I'm, it's, I'm asking him, what are you doing? And he tells me he's buying templates. Ah. I, said, I said, what is that? He said, well, you can buy a template for a website. You don't have to make the, you don't have to make the site yourself, and you can customize it for a client. Mm-hmm. I said, what the hell am I spending two months nice. on my own for? Uh-huh. This is the age of efficiency. No reason to make my own stuff. So I, uh, I learned how to do that, and that took me about four or five days to really, really master. Mm-hmm. I started doing that for clients and I started literally calling up people, telling them, Hey, you need a new website. Do me a favor, call any web design company, Mm -hmm. get a quote from them. I'm going to charge you 10% of the quote and it should be done by the end of the day. And I was doing that my entire junior year of high school. And then that bled over a little bit into my senior year of high school. Mm -hmm. And throughout that time, I saw, I got an internship at a venture capital fund. I got hired to do a few marketing decks. And what I realized was that, my, my love of sales, mm-hmm. sales culture, really gave me a, a good insight as to how people think and why people buy products. Right. And the great part about having that in me is that I can move product. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, I was also raised with a very, very fine appreciation for the arts and for creative skill mm-hmm. because my mother's from Copenhagen and that really is the, one of the design centers of the world and it's right. kind of just who we are. Mm-hmm. So... Merging those two skills is what I started doing without even realizing it. So mm-hmm. when I was sitting with a client, I knew exactly what they needed to do to move their product. But at the same time, I can execute on it from a from an artful perspective. It wasn't just me throwing up a site to move product. It was me creating something that impacted the business's brand and what they meant to their consumers mm-hmm. more than just moving a product. Um, and so really one thing led to another because – I had a client that we were doing a website for and he asked me, hey, can you, can you do a commercial? And the funny thing is about having those two skills is that, yeah, I can do a commercial. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I can do a marketing deck. And yeah, I can do the design for your, for your office. And the problem with it is that it started all getting very confusing because we started doing all of these things and we were doing well with all of these things. Mm-hmm. And we were, I was able to execute on about 15 different skills well. Right. And, and, and what was interesting is that the average service shop doesn't do 15 different things. They do one thing. Mm-hmm. So um, uh, and that's, this is it was 2017. This is about five years later. We did an audit of how we do things and where our clients find the most return on their investment and how well they do. And we recognize that we're a branding shop all in all. We're not a marketing agency. Right. That's where we were a marketing agency. I'm using air quotes. Mm-hmm. You can't say, mm-hmm. but. Um, we were a marketing agency and we told our clients we'd move their product for them. But the interesting is, thing is that we all, that's not what we were. We were not a transactional company. Mm-hmm. We stepped in with companies. We reshaped the way they thought about their business, the way they thought about their lives in some cases. Mm-hmm. And we figured out how can we build something meaningful, sustainable, and sellable. Right. And then we created the media around that. So it, we really, it really transformed the way we do business because no longer do we say, we're a web design agency. Now we say, yeah, we can transform your business and build something incredible. Mm-hmm. Oh, and we need a website because that's where we need to move the product. Oh, and we need a commercial because you need somewhere to tell the story. But we're really crafting that story from the bat- from the bottom up. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think that's so important for any business, whether it's you know a gigantic business or you know the, the one person shop is it's it's creating that kind of cohesive brand. And we've all kind of fallen into the pretty shiny object thing where, you know, we, we think, oh, 
I want to do a website. Oh, I want to do Facebook. Oh, I want to do <clears throat> direct mail. mail. <laughs> right. um, and actually, direct mail still does have its place. But everything we, does. Right. Yeah, like but direct. then we don't stop to think how, first of all, does this tell our story? <laughs> and do we even know what our story is? You know, and and does it tell it in a cohesive manner? You right. know, how many times have we looked at things? You know, and, and uh, some companies are very successful. For the life of me, I don't understand Geico with, you know, they have multiple, they've got, you know, the, do they have the caveman? I think they have the caveman. And then they've got the, the little, you know, the, the little lizardy guy and all these things. I mean, their brand and their, their marketing is all over everywhere. And, you know, obviously they're successful, but I think that's something that is definitely an anomaly. And so I love how you work with companies literally from the ground up to say, who are you? What, you know, what are your passions? All of these things. And then you go from there. So I'll tell you, Deb, um, I don't think that Geico's advertising and their, and their success is an anomaly. I'll tell you why. You look at something like that business, car insurance. Okay. You, you strip away the branding and you strip away the marketing and you strip away the advertising. It's a pretty complicated business. This is true. This is, this is a numbers game. The average person buying into car insurance, who is the average person in general, mm-hmm. doesn't really care for all that. You know, they, they're getting car insurance because they have to. Mm-hmm. Because they have this terms with this and that and these policies. You know, the average buyer doesn't know these things. So somebody going into that business now has to say, well, if my buyer doesn't care about my product, but they need it, how do I make them comfortable with it? Right. That's the question. Now, Am I going to be progressive and am I going to develop a friendly character like Flo, who everybody can understand and relate to, especially if we're going for a certain demographic? Mm-hmm. And this is no, we're going to be a lizard. You know why? Because a lizard is the easiest thing to relate to and not to relate to. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to offend somebody with a lizard. Right. I'm never going to, 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 to scare somebody because we're a friendly little gecko. And this, I'm going to have a British accent because that makes me sound a hell of a lot smarter. Mm-hmm. So, and now you go through all these things where now Geico, this, this gecko is a friendly character mm-hmm. and no longer does he represent policies and insurance. He represents a company that, that, that I smile at because right. of their advertising and because of their storytelling. Right. And you look at other companies that do this on a much more surface level, like Nike, Nike doesn't sell their shoes. They sell the idea of athleticism. Right. In this case, Geico doesn't sell insurance. They don't mm-hmm. sell policy. They sell a friendly guy who can help you out with something that he knows you need help with. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and it's that way of doing things. And it's that way of making, again, I mean, it all boils. We spoke about this in the last interview so, so much. Mm-hmm. What it boils down to is that people want to feel good. They want to feel happy. Mm-hmm. And it's a matter of how do you get that to happen. And mm-hmm. once you figure that out, there's a lot that goes right in your business and in your life. It's just how, what do people want and how can I provide it? And yeah. guys, does that incredibly. Mm-hmm. Well, and clearly it's memorable. You know, because we are remembering that it's insurance. Yeah. You know, it's not just, well, there's that little lizard guy that's doing something. Oh, um, yes. You know, and, and so that's that's working. And, and I love that. Um, you know, one of the, you know, you, you talked about Nike. One of the other big brands that continually uses something that really doesn't tie into its business but is extremely successful is Budweiser. I yes. mean, you know, a Clydesdale really doesn't have anything to do with beer. But... Even if you just see a Clydesdale out in a field somewhere, you're going, oh, Budweiser. Nike <laughs> you know? is on the same level. Budweiser doesn't sell beer. They right. sell America. Yes. They yeah, and, really and sell they definitely beer. sell emotion. Right. They sell passion. Mm-hmm. And those are the and, – but and it's funny. We have this conversation, and I'm hoping the listeners aren't saying, well, I'm not Budweiser, or well, I'm not Nike, well, I'm not Geico. Because what's funny is that – when I go into a diner and I don't love the food, but I've been there every Sunday since I was born, mm-hmm. they're not selling me food. They're selling me an aesthetic. They're selling me a feeling and experience. Right. So Vinny's Pizza Shop in the middle of South Dakota can represent and replicate the same thing that Geico's doing. Mm-hmm. Right. They, it's just a matter of how do you tell your story. Mm-hmm. And it is about building that emotional connection with people. Uh, um, you know, and, and so, yeah, we're, we're not our product. We are, you know, that, that's just kind of a tiny little part of it. It's, you know, how good are we at customer service? Are we, um, you know, do we, are we, you know, good at responding to things? Do we tell that story? Do we capture people's uh, emotions? You know, all those various things. And especially, I think, for small business owners who are selling a widget. 
they're thinking the widget is the be all end all. And it's actually just a tiny part of the entire process. You're right. So, I mean, so the way I look, and this is taking up, taking, zooming out, like way, 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 way zoomed out. Right. You, you, look, you look at what business is and what the economy is and what the market is and how everything functions. Mm-hmm. It's people really just, just putting their value back into the market. Right. And let's, I mean, I always like to use the example of a cocktail party. You walk around a cocktail party, it's pretty easy to read the characters who are speaking and the ones who are gaining the most attention, the ones who's telling the story, the ones who's in the corner on his phone. All of these people and the way they behave mm-hmm. is exactly the way they behave in business. Right. So a great person who has great values will be great in business because they are great people. Mm-hmm. It's not the other end around. You will, and the guy who's sharp and who's a hustler and who's a shark and he's a little bit unethical here and there, he will act all those ways in business, not only in social. Mm-hmm. So, so the Wall Street inside trader might be the best storyteller at a party, the same way he's the best at pushing that one penny stock. But then the day, nobody wants to hang out with him after the party, the same way nobody's going to call him again after the stock fails. Right. And, it's, and everything just parallels. You know, I read a lot of these pop psychology books. There's Malcolm Gladwell, this and that. And, and it's funny, every, every, and I'm using air quotes again, every bestseller is the same book over and over and over again. It's, right. it's how do we read people and how do we give them what they want? Right. And it's funny, you look at Mark, I mean, this is a conversation that goes way beyond marketing. This is about product innovation. This is about storytelling. This is about, about market fits and, and, mm-hmm. and, and, and just the environment of, of, of the way we're working. And it's just how do we read people? How do we give them what they want? Mm-hmm. How do we make them happy? And how do we make ourselves happy by doing all that? Right. You know, and it's funny, you mentioned that all these books are the same. And, and they are. I mean, they do. You know, I, I read a lot of marketing books, um, you know, because I, I interview a lot of people for this program. And what strikes me over and over again really is that it is the same message. Yeah, there's different spins, different takes, different reminders, you know, because sometimes, they, oh, yeah, I forget I have to do that. But in so many ways, it comes back to Dale Carnegie, who, you know, many, many, many years ago was telling people how to make that connection as a salesperson. So and you've read, I'm assuming you're talking about how to win friends and influence people. Yep. Mm-hmm. So I'll tell you, so that was the first book I ever read ever. My dad's my, my father's Bible, literally. Mm-hmm. That, that, and that is, that is the way we go about our lives. Mm-hmm. But what's funny about that book is that, is that you read it and it tells you a certain way to behave, but if mm-hmm. you internalize it, it tells you the type of person to be. Right. And it's not the type of guy that gets everybody's attention and everybody loves and this and that. It's the guy that's appreciated. It's how do you make sure you're a good person and that you're recognized for it. And I'll tell you, it's something that we all struggle with every day. We all try to be our best and we try to find people. I mean, this goes back to the fundamentals of, of human behavior. We all try to be our best and we try to find partners in our lives that recognize us for being the best. Mm-hmm. And, and it's funny. I mean, you have the conversation with certain people and, it, and, and people like to label the word ego on that and say, oh, well, he thinks he's really great or she thinks she's really great. And I always look at that and I say, why wouldn't she think she's great? Why wouldn't he think he's great? If he thought he was anything else, that wouldn't be okay. That, that would be him being okay with being, or her being okay with being mediocre or performing at their 100%. And I'll tell you, and I mean, you spoke earlier and it was so flattering to discuss that what I'm doing at such a young age. And it's only because I've, it's, I've had high expectations of myself. Right. And not for any other reason. I don't think I'm advanced. I don't think I'm, I'm ahead of anybody else. I just think I have a certain, I, I was, I, I have something on my plate and I'm going to lick it clean. That's all it is. Right. And, and for, and for me to, to tell, sit here and tell you that, that I could be doing better or that, or that, you know, I'd like to be doing X, Y, and Z, but I'm not would be unfair. Mm-hmm. It, 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 and just for the sake of being, and I don't like to use the word modest, but the word really is meek. Mm-hmm. It's, it's being, it's being a bit uncomfortable with who you are and the way you do things. Right. And just, just bringing this back home to talk about marketing, the guy, Vinny running his pizza shop does not, is not uncomfortable with the way he runs his business. He's not uncomfortable with his product, so he should be telling his story everywhere he goes. And he does. Mm-hmm. He goes to that cocktail party that his friend invited him to. When he goes to the neighborhood barbecue, he does tell everybody, hey, we got this new slice in the joint. It's incredible. You guys got to come in for, 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 for a bite. Right. If it's not translated over the, over the waves and over, over the communications that we're using today, then it doesn't really mean much, you know? He's not, he's not using Twitter to talk to his customers. If he's not using YouTube to show videos of how he makes his pies, then he's not going to the neighborhood barbecue telling everybody to try his pizza, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. You know, 
know, and and clearly there is, there, you know, there there is the ego maniac, the egotistical, um, you know, that, that go too far, and we're thinking, well, hey, you know, I I don't, you know, kind of back to what you were saying, I don't want to talk to them at that cocktail party, um, but you know, and, and in but in many cases, those are the people who are the most insecure. Right. That's exactly. I was gonna. I didn't. I didn't want to cut you off. But what's funny is that you say egotistical, egomaniac. Those people are on the same level of the peop- uh, of people who are uncomfortable with themselves. Mm-hmm. Right. What is, What is somebody? Who, I mean, the word ego I, is literally Freud's definition of somebody being as instinctual as possible. But the problem with being as instinctual as possible is you have a major guard up because right. you don't know what's going on. You don't know what's flying. So this egomaniac or this person who's I, the word, I, I don't like these words, but full of themselves. Mm-hmm. It's literally the opposite of full of themselves. Right. So empty that they have to create this, out, this outer shell. Mm-hmm. The second you penetrate it, it's not sustainable. So the reason we don't gravitate towards people like that is because we recognize how disingenuine they are. Mm-hmm. How fake it is. Not because we're not offended by the fact that they love themselves. We're offended by the fact that they love themselves and there ain't much to love. Right, right. You know, and from a business perspective, you know, we talk about, you know, knowing our skills, being proud of our skills, all those various things. If we can't talk about those things, you know, and, and say, you know, I've got the, the best product for you or the best service or whatever and truly mean it and be authentic about it. How can anybody else talk about us either? You know, because that's the key is it's this whole word of mouth thing. You know, if, if I didn't think that you were an absolutely great agency I'm not going to tell people, hey, you need to, to talk to Batesh Media. But I got that from talking to you. Um, yes. you know, and, and so there's, there's that tie-in. If we don't self-promote and do it in an authentic way, then nobody else is going to promote us either. Exactly, exactly. And let me tell you, you look at all the different channels we have, it's mm-hmm. never been easier. Right. I, you look, I mean, I, I go to a lot of these, these conferences in, in Manhattan, and they talk a lot about um, augmented reality, virtual reality, the future of drones, and all these things. And, I, and I, it's funny, I walk away from every single one of these panels and these conferences, even the ones I'm speaking on, mm-hmm. I say it's all the same thing. All we're doing is moving as fast as we can back to regular social interactions. The reason we have AR and VR is because I want to feel like I'm in the room with you. Mm-hmm. That is the most, and uh, uh, it's just the most real genuine experience that you can have and 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 people look at twitter and they look at social media they look at youtube they look at facebook as if they're separate entities as if hey, this is the internet and this is how we have to advertise on the internet and let me tell you Evan, i know you know this facebook ain't the new york times this is not an advertising platform this is a platform for social interaction for humans to interact with you so you better be Mm-hmm. advertising. What, it's, it's the same thing. I lo- and I love using the example of a neighborhood barbecue because it's the most casual thing in the world. It is the exact same thing. If you're not uploading a picture of your last slice of pizza on, on Facebook, you are not at the neighborhood barbecue telling people you have a pizza shop. And those right. two things can be extremely detrimental. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and everybody else out there hesitates to do that because we don't want to be bragging about ourselves and all those things. Um, I went to a seminar uh, several years ago where Peter Shankman was one of the speakers. And, and Peter is, of course, one of the premier marketing speakers. And, and, and I've, I've you know, been honored to have him on my program a couple of times. And one of the things that we have talked about is in today's business world, people are happy with being average. You know, they're, they're okay, you know, okay, I'm just going to coast by, you know, all these various things. And so to really make a mark, you just have to be a little bit above average. And that just dumbfounds me, but it's so true. So yeah, I mean, I mean, and I was just—it's funny you're saying this. I'm reading a book right now. Um, the, the name of the author escaped. Oh, actually, I have it right here. Um, it's called Drunk Tank Pink. I think it's—it's it's an incredible book. It's by—I'll uh, tell you right now. It's by Adam Alter. Um, mm-hmm. Drunk Tank Pink. It's an incredible read. I'm, I'm about halfway through it, and I was just reading it yesterday. And it talks about bystander apathy, so the diffusion of responsibility. So there was a case um, many years ago where a woman was stabbed in the middle of the night in Manhattan. It's a very famous case. And she was stabbed something like 30-something times, and nobody called the police. Right. And they've been doing studies on this, on this case since the, since the 60s, I believe. And what they keep on finding is that when, when there's a lot of people who can become responsible for an action – the responsibility diffuses and nobody quite feels it. It's the same reason why when there's 500 people running a marathon and one person trips 
everybody looks back and says, ah, somebody else will take care of it. Yes. <laughs> same, right. And the same thing applies to business. So now we have, we're in this, we're in this, and I, I hate this term because it's so overused, but we're in this age of globalization where mm-hmm. borders are being really, really um, thinned out. Um, and, and we're able to connect with so many other businesses around the world that all of a sudden there's aren't three pizza shops in, in, in my small town of Deal, New Jersey. Now there are 300,000 pizza shops in New Jersey that I'm aware of. Mm-hmm. So, so my, so my, my, my confidence has already lowered so much. You know, they do tests for kids um, and how they perform taking the SAT or the ACT with, versus how many people are in, uh, um, in the room. So mm-hmm. kids with four people, with four other kids in the room do remarkably better than kids with 400 people in the room. Mm-hmm. And why is that? Because it's a lot easier to, to imagine the competition. So when he opens his shop, he knows there are only two other shops and that he can beat them. And it's a lot easier to visualize him beating them. But mm-hmm. when he's aware of the fact that there are 30,000 shops in his zip code, then he gets nervous. And then it's, right. not, then it's no longer as important to be the best because it's a lot harder to visualize, right. which I and think is a phenomenon that really needs to be dealt with. Right. Because then it's okay to just be average. Right, because everybody's like, there's 30,000 people doing it. Why do mm-hmm. I want to be the best? Right. You know, you just want to make sure you're not the worst. Exactly. But a big problem with being mediocre is that you tend to slip. I always say if you're not moving forwards, you're moving backwards. Right. Yeah, you know, if, if you're happy with the status quo, you're going to get run over. But that's with everything in life. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Well, you know, you, you talk a lot about branding um, because that is the, the key to what we're talking about here. So, you know, say it's a business who is thinking, oh, my gosh, Joe, we're, we're really confused. You know, uh, how do you work with a business initially to even figure out what their brand is? So it's funny. Um, so we sit down a lot of times with companies who have. So we, we generally work with about like four or five different types of business models. Okay. And one of the business models we work with a lot is companies who have extensive, extensive, extensive product lines. Um, I'm talking thousands and thousands of products mm-hmm. and they're doing super well over e-commerce. So they're unloading their products on Amazon and they're doing well on eBay and they want to go direct to consumer because they re- recognize that's the future of e-commerce. Mm-hmm. And now the question is, Hey, we've built this business with no brand. We've let Amazon do it for us. We've let eBay do it for us. We've let jet.com do it for us, but we've never done it ourselves. We've never told our own story and we will not survive in a market that requires us to, to, to market for ourselves. Right. So what we do, it's, it's, uh, it's interesting. We sit down with, with the founders of the company and with the key decision makers and we say, Hey, what's going on in your life? And we have about a, it's a, it's a six or seven hour meeting. Um, we call it brand shop. It's our, it's our workshop for to develop brand. Mm-hmm. And we, we, we really identify the characters in the room. So, mm-hmm. um, Tom is a CEO. He's 47. He's from Minnesota. Originally he moved to New York city Mm-hmm. And he has three kids at home. He's a he's a he's a diehard Vikings fan. We gather all this data, and we we analyze it, and we say, okay, well, where would this person be really good in telling a story? Mm-hmm. Where is this person interesting? At, at what type of party? Um, who is his crowd? Who are his friends? What are his friends like? Mm-hmm. And we do this with each key decision maker, and, and we come up with, with 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 six or seven different personalities that we can that we can draw from. So from there, we say, okay, well, now what is this brand? What is this company? Um, and how is it defined by the people who make the, the, the decisions in it? And we go through an association game. Um, we figure out what's associated with the brand, what's not associated with the brand. And we develop a storyline from the characters in the room. And nice. what's interesting is that a lot of times it's not even us discussing business. Mm-hmm. We're almost never talking about the product line. We're almost never talking about sales. But we always find ourselves talking about life, about Tom might not be having the best time right now with his wife. He might be going through a little bit of marriage problems. And we discuss those things mm-hmm. because they are key and they are so important to the way they run their business. And if we don't, and I know that there's something going on, then the business won't be genuine. It won't be authentic. It's not really who he is. If Tom hates, hates barbecue spare ribs, but he's opening up a barbecue spare rib joint, then it's not going to work. Right. So we you know, go through that. And, and what you say is so critical because I think, especially when someone is starting a business, they're an entrepreneur, small business owner, they want to separate themselves from their business. Um, you know, and, and, and you can't, especially if you are the business, you know, and, and, you know, and, and maybe you are having difficulties at home or, you know, health issues, whatever, that is going to affect how you do business. And you know, it sh- and it should. 
And mm-hmm. if you're living right and you're a good person, it should. And you know, I'll tell you, as 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 not as cold, but as, as interesting as it sounds, it will it will help you become a better business person. Right. You're having problems with your at home, and mm-hmm. you let it reflect in the business. And you you're honest about it, and you stay true to what's going on. Mm-hmm. You'll be more profitable because you will be able to handle your business better, and you will not have to hide things. Right. I'm not telling. I'm not telling the business owner to go and upload a video of him talking about it, but there are ways to go about it where, where, where you're genuine. And, 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 and Hey, if you're not the happiest guy in the world, maybe don't put up a commercial of you smiling really genuinely. Cause it's not going to work. Nice. And it's not real and it's not authentic. Mm-hmm. Well, and other things play into it too. You mentioned sports, you know, maybe you are such a passionate sports fan that it does bleed into your business. You know, you start using those analogies when you're, t- you know, all those various things. And, and so that's, you know, apparent. I mean, you know, that's probably one of the, the biggest ways where, you know, it, it can it can go into theirs. You know, you can be telling the story about, you know, this this product that you've got because, you know, you, you thought about it when you were at soccer with your daughter, you know, and, and all these various things. And, you know, it comes back to what we were saying, you know, earlier in the program. It's about making those emotional connections with people. Right. So so it's funny you're, you're talking about sports. We actually... So we have a client um, we're working with now. I'm, I'm not not the privilege to say who, but but we're working. So I, we use the, the sports analogy almost every time we meet with them. Mm-hmm. I, I'm a huge Phil. I'm a, I'm a big Philadelphia Eagles fan. I'm a football guy. Um, Broncos. I, oh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> and I have a bunch of friends who I'm only friendly with mm-hmm. because they're Eagles fans, and then we all get together to watch the game. But outside of that, we're not super close. And there's nothing wrong with that. But now you Mm -hmm. draw a parallel between that and a product. So let's use a silly example of toothpaste. Mm -hmm. If there's an official toothpaste of the Philadelphia Eagles, you better believe I'm buying it. I care whether or not it brushes my teeth well. I Mm -hmm. care about it the same way I care about whether or not these 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 Eagles fans that I'm friendly with are good people outside of outside of the bar where we all all watch the game. Mm -hmm. So it's not that it's not that influential in my decision making whether or not they're good people. The same way it's not so influential whether or not this toothpaste works. But I know I feel good about it because I'm an Eagles fan and because they're Eagles fans because mm-hmm. I like the product and they like the product. So mm-hmm. find that commonality to find that common ground with what you're doing and how to sell to people. I mean, I really, we really keep on hashing on the same point. It's just about being a good person and being captivating and, and being true to yourself. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, you know, I'm, I'm looking at your website and I love your site because you've got, you know, all these examples of, you know, products and services, but here's a statement and I love this and I want you to explain it more. We make art that makes money. What do you mean by that? So it's funny. So it's uh, so we so touching back on 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 my heritage just once more. So my father comes from a sales culture. We're, we've been moving furniture our whole lives, and my mother is from Denmark. So we have this business hustle mentality. Just move the product, mm-hmm. and we have this creative art inspired design philosophical side, both mm-hmm. meshing and playing with each other. So. Growing up, I was always very creative. It's creative writing and, and art and music production, this, that, and also in the, in the store selling furniture. So the question is, how do we merge the two? And, I, and I, as I touched on before, I did it by accident. Mm-hmm. Um, I would never put out a commercial that didn't have an impact in culture. I would never develop a brand that wasn't true to the context that, mm-hmm. that, uh, that it plays in. For, I mean, we'll use this toothpaste example again. It's silly. But you look at the dental industry and the way it works. It would be so silly and so and, and, and just 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 not a good idea to put out a, a toothpaste commercial and not show respect to the industry that it's in. The mm-hmm. same way, if we're selling a car, we want to treat it like it's art because it is. Mm-hmm. If we're selling a real estate property and we're putting together a deck for it, I want to show the world why this property is meaningful to culture and to to the place that it is. Instead of just showing the numbers. Mm-hmm. So when we do an, uh, an ad and we do something for a fitness brand, not only do we make sure it can sell the shoes, but we make sure it, it's beautiful and it sells the brand as well. Mm-hmm. And we make art that makes money is really just a, a, a fancy way for saying we make a brand that moves product. Because right. right. our brands have an impact on culture and we need them to have an impact on the culture. And it doesn't have to be the culture of the world. I'm not saying every brand has to be Nike, but I'm saying Vinny's pizza shop better have an impact on the town that it's in. And it better be de- definitive of, of being in, 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 in that zip code. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and 
And, you know, it, it is about capturing people's attention. Um, I'm currently working with a nonprofit down here in Atlanta who serves uh, a homeless population. And they've got a phenomenal, um, you know, it's called Sweetwater Mission. And, you know, they, they, the services that they provide are just absolutely spectacular. But, of course, one of their things is that when they post on social media, and they're getting very, very good at this, they don't show the people they're serving because, you know, that, that's just a privacy issue. And so I told him, I said, you know, there's still ways to do this. And and I, I use the, the phrase art with it. I said, you know, maybe you've got someone who is, um, you know, in your, your, your food pantry. And, you know, you, you don't want to just show somebody putting a bunch of, of cans in a bag. Right. You show a hand that's got a child's hand, you know, and, and so it might, you know, and, and, and they're reaching for a treat or a cookie or, you know, or a, a box of cereal, you know, the, some of the things, um, you know, there are ways to, to show things that, and more than anything, it captures the attention. Um, you know, you, you're scrolling through Facebook real quick and that image just stops you cold. You know, we've, we've all seen those, whether it's news, whether it's, you know, products, you know, all those various things. It's, you know, if, if you've got people just lined up and smiling and happy, okay. But if if it's something different and then art to me is also about telling that story, you know, maybe that it's uh, that somebody came to to Sweetwater Mission and got apples. OK, that's great. But what if they have a favorite apple pie recipe from their grandmother that you could share? You know, something like that captures people's attention. And again, it connects with them on an emotional level. Right. And, you know, so there's. So I'll tell you, which is a quick personal anecdote. There's somebody in my life who, and and she always always manages to get it to get it out of me. Who realizes? I mean, she makes me realize that 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 we're all on it, and it sounds a bit crude, but we're all really just brands on the inside. Right. But we are. We you talk about 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 human behavior, human action, how we interact. She categorizes them all as as like brand moves, and and what does mm-hmm. it mean for my brand? And everybody has a personal brand, and not in the sense that everybody has to have their own YouTube channel, but right. in the sense of that of that we're all really working very hard at branding ourselves, whether it's mm-hmm. our family, whether it's our reputation, whether it's our children. The reason people, um, men and women, take pride in sending their children to, to universities like Yale and Harvard is because it looks really great for that family's brand. Mm-hmm. And it's funny, before I met her, I never really thought of anything in that, in that way. Um, I, I recognize that people, that people treat themselves like companies, like businesses, and, and that they have to tell their stories. But to highlight it and, and to break it down in such a way that, 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 that makes us recognize that everything we're doing, we're doing for a purpose and for almost for legacy mm-hmm. is incredible. And I've, and I've changed the way we do a little things in business and the way we communicate with clients because of that. So when I sit down with a client and we talk about marriage problems – that's part of the brand. That's part of this person's brand. If this brand is developing another brand, we need to make sure we take all that we can from it and we don't leave anything out. We don't leave anybody in the dark. Mm-hmm. And, and what you were saying before, I think is, I, I think is so important and just, and highlighting, highlighting how the branding plays into that. Mm-hmm. I think that's how small businesses succeed. It's, right. it's, it's they look at the mirror, in the mirror, they see their product, they see what they're doing and how they're doing it. And they say, Hmm, how do we make this work? And if they can't do it on their own, they hire somebody like us, you know? Right, right. <laughs> you know, and, and it is, you know, it, it is, uh, you know, we can't say it enough. It's about making that connection with people so that, you know, maybe I've, you know, I've known you, I've networked with you, we've been friends on social media, all these various things. I might not even really know what you do for business, but I might know a little peripherally about it. But then when I actually need that business or need to refer, yep, you're going to be top of mind because I'm like, oh, my gosh, Joe is fabulous. You need to talk to him about your brand, about your your marketing, about you know whatever it is, because I connected with you as that person long before I ever wanted to connect with you as and I'm putting this in my air quotes, that business. Right. Right. A hundred, a hundred percent. Let me ask you that. So you work with a lot of smaller companies in your area and also a lot of bigger companies. What do you feel is where business owners are lacking, where they're having most trouble in engaging and adapting to, 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 to today's marketplace, especially when it comes to brand? Yeah, I think it is in trying to set themselves apart. You know, I see so many people that are, you know, they're, they're on Facebook because their competitor is on Facebook. Interesting. Um, you know, same messaging, all these various things. 
And in so many cases, it's they're playing catch up. You know, they saw that this was successful for somebody else or that was successful. So, ooh, we'll do it too. And they're forgetting that we connect with them as a person, as an individual, you know, all those various things. And, and I think that is probably, especially for small business owners, you know, they're just trying to pay the bills and, you know, to, to do what they can, when they can, as fast as they can. And, and so, it, you know, I talked earlier about, you know, the bright, shiny object and, oh, squirrel. You know, it, it is the, what can I do next? How can I do it? And then I'm going to jump from place to place to place. And they never truly establish that core value, those core principles. The brand. And, and sometimes it's, they never, they never had them. It was like, okay, well, I'm, I like landscaping, so I'm going to start a landscaping business. <laughs> and then they just jump into it and they never really get that good foundation. Right, because once you figure out you like landscaping, you have to develop content around liking landscaping. Right. It's, mm-hmm. how, I, how am I going to believe you? If you're at a party, you tell me you like landscaping, tell me what you like about it. Yeah. Make me believe, make, tell me a story that's really, mm-hmm. tell me, oh my God, this guy loves landscaping. And now it's no matter, it's not, it's not a question of, oh, is this guy good at what he does? But it's, oh, this guy's incredible at loving what he does. This mm-hmm. guy really is passionate about it. So if I need to, if I need a landscaper, you know, I'm calling him. He's great. Right. He loves it. He loves it to death. And that's what mm-hmm. we want people to love things. We get excited right. when, when we see mm-hmm. people walking down the street because we're excited by that. We're excited by mm-hmm. sparking and energy. So to see somebody loving what they do, we're all the more infatuated. Right. And sometimes they might not actually be the best at what they do, but we're willing to still work with them because of that passion that they have. Right. And I'll tell you, and I, I, I want to circle back to what we were talking about earlier because I, I don't know if we touched on it enough or what. I want to expand about loving what you do and about and about being comfortable with who you, with who you are and, and about signing clients and about appreciation. We are all looking to be appreciated and not in the respect that we want everybody to love us, mm-hmm. but in the respect that we want at least one person to recognize who we are and how hard we've worked to become who we are. Mm-hmm. And too many times do I see small business owners and, and big business owners and, and, and solo entrepreneurs and freelancers who aren't happy at work because they aren't appreciated. And the problem with our industry is that there's art involved. And once you involve art, the numbers kind of fade. And once you involve numbers, the art kind of fades. And so we try to bridge that gap. That's where the whole we make art that makes money comes from. But once you have both sides not talking to each other, that's where people start losing appreciation. So that's when you have your head of graph, your head of design, head of your design department at your shoe company, at your sneaker company, starts to not like working because you all you've expressed expressed to them is a decline in the numbers you haven't come up and spoken to them and said hey our numbers aren't working can we look at the designs can we and can we start asking people what they want in a shoe as Mm -hmm. to you going up and saying hey your designs are crap because those numbers aren't doing well right and so that really i mean and that shakes the core of a lot of people so you talk about small business owners that are that are that are not confident they're insecure about what they're doing that affects their entire lives and mm-hmm. funny, there I can't tell you how many times I've I've consulted with companies and the, the head of the company has become like twenty or thirty percent more profitable once they found a partner in life. It's it's and it's a, I wish I had the mm-hmm. actual data on it because it's fascinating. Right. Mm-hmm. But there are times where I've been working with, with a company and the head of the company is just you know, he's 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 passionate about what he does, but you know, he's he's just doing what he does to make some money. But then they, and I become very, very close with almost all of my clients. So I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I, I call myself best friends with more than seven of them. And it's, it, it, you talk to them and you, you learn about their social context, what they're doing in life. And it's funny, the second they tell me that there's a girl involved or there's a guy involved and they're getting excited by that, they are automatically at ease mm-hmm. and can really perform super well. And, it, and, 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 it, and it's amazing what, how productive you become once you're appreciated, and I'll tell you, even even the more so on, on the opposite end, I have clients who, who are in relationships that they aren't appreciated in, mm-hmm. whether it's at home or it's at work, and they suffer. They are unnerved. Mm-hmm. I have clients who their entire lives, they're used to being told, you are doing your best, you are doing your greatest, and you are working your hardest, and we all recognize and appreciate it, but now they have a, a special somebody in their life who doesn't see that, mm-hmm. and it's very hard on them. And I come into meetings and they're unnerved, they're distracted, and I see it and I pull it out of them to make sure we deal with that. And it's really become almost 
relationship counseling more than it is branding counseling because mm-hmm. I have to fix this before we can fix anything else. Right. Well, and it all ties back into kind of that self-confidence thing. Um, you know, if, if you've got somebody, whether it's a boss, a, a partner, a, you know, a, a child, you know, whoever that is telling you that you're not worthy, that you're not special, you know, all those various things, then that does tie in. Because if you're thinking, well, if, if they don't love me, appreciate me, then how can my clients or my customers love or appreciate me? And, and, you know, and, and you hate to say, Hey, you know, if you want your business to be successful, maybe you need to get a divorce. But in a way it is, it, as you said, it does all tie in. And I'll tell you, it comes from, and, I, and just in my experience, I don't know, this is becoming a little bit of a relationship talk. But <laughs> I know. Well, if we really went down a different path here. This is very interesting. And I'll tell you, it, it, comes from, it comes from one of two places usually. It's either that the person that they're in a relationship with, whether it's their boss or their spouse or whatever, is either cold and in general is not a very empathetic or sympathetic person and they have a hard time seeing how other people feel and they have a hard, then therefore they have a hard time expressing appreciation or gratitude. Or it's on the other end, the other person is so nervous. Mm-hmm. And so I don't like to use the word insecure because it sounds weak, but it really is. And, and, and they, they, come, they come at it from, from, a, from, a, from a perspective of humor, of comedy. So I've, I've been sitting in there. I mean, this is one client we're dealing with now. His, the, the girl in his life doesn't, the, the, thinks, thinks it's funny. To, to keep on to keep on um, minimizing the relationship and he thinks it's funny to keep on making jokes at the expense of, of, of the other person's of, the, of my client's self confidence mm-hmm. and she approaches it from a, from a, from a from perspective of comedy so it comes off light and it's hard to make a comment and it's hard to discuss it but it's detrimental and he comes right. to the office unnerved and he can't yeah. he already tells me he says I can't address it she's just joking. And I said, doesn't matter if she's just joking. There's a reason people say that there's truth in jest. Right. She's not just joking. <laughs> it comes from a genuine place. It's either she's so uncomfortable with herself, mm-hmm. she cannot bear the thought of, of somebody being really good, or it's on the other end where she's so uncomfortable with what this is that the second she places value, she's scared she might lose it. And she'd rather it be a great, something great and something not so easy to, to, to touch and so tangible, you know? And right. just circling all the way back to marketing, when you have a, when you have a small business, and, and, and that, I mean, you talk about insecurities, there's a lot of guys out there, there's a lot of women out there who, who, who are an entrepreneur for the sake of being an entrepreneur and mm-hmm. business for the sake of being in business. And they're, they're uploading pictures on Instagram of them in business, of them in meetings and they, they're buying themselves a new watch and this and that. And it's, and it all comes from a place of, of shoot, I don't know whether or not I can do this. Right. And it's, and, and it's the same thing. And it's, and now it's people around them telling them they're in business and they're saying, well, hey, um, I don't know if that's going to work. Why? Because they're so nervous about their thing working. And mm-hmm. let me tell you, let me tell you something. And I've, this is something I've learned just from from practice. If you're not 100 percent, excuse me, 125 percent believing in yourself and, and your mission and what you're doing, you will not succeed. Because right. I and one of my favorite quotes of all time, and I'm not sure if this will translate over, but I'll try my hardest, is that entrepreneurship requires chutzpah. And ignorance, and what what that means is that entrepreneurship requires, and chutzpah is an old Yiddish word. But right. What it is is that it's it's, it's an un it's a, it's an unrelenting passion and almost persistence in in an almost not arrogant, but in, in a way that that does not take no for an answer, and it's not mm-hmm. it's, it's a person that doesn't even hear the word no. Right. And then the ignorance is at play, whereas we don't even understand why this wouldn't work. So you're mm-hmm. telling me all the ways this will fail. I can't even hear you because right. my confidence is so loud. Mm-hmm. And you, if you don't have that, you will not be successful in marketing, in life, or in business, in anything. If you mm-hmm. don't believe in yourself, because there will always be somebody on your shoulder telling you you can't do it. And that right. is the most dangerous thing in the world. Mm-hmm. And, and you're right. There is always somebody that is saying, oh, Really? Are you sure? You know, all those various things. And, you know, and, and it's interesting. You know, I spend a lot of time on Facebook. And when I read comments, you know, somebody will say, I'm getting ready to do such and such. And when somebody is like, oh, are you sure? I'm thinking unfriend that person. Right uh, there, I, no. 10%, I was thinking the same thing. I was waiting for you to say it. 
Right. You know, and, and, and there, you know, and, and as we said, there is the opposite. You know, there are two people that I am uh, Facebook friends with, and I actually know them and have met them out in the real world. So, you know, they're, they're kind of those crossover friend type people. And they both are such braggarts on, on Facebook that I actually would not ever work with them because I'm reading their posts thinking, who are they trying to convince, me that's, or themselves? Oh, I love it. Right. A hundred percent. And you love, I mean, I love the way, and I don't love it. It doesn't sound so nice. But when you're at a party and you, you, you see somebody talking about themselves, mm-hmm. you almost know that you can walk away and nothing will change. Like, you, right. you know they're not talking to you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're just, just spouting to spout. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and, you know, but, but it does, you know, it's, it's as we said, you still have to have confidence in yourself. And so there is that, that very fine line of, you know, telling people, hey, you know, I have this great agency. I have this great product. I have this great service. And I think more than anything, maybe it comes back to telling the stories about it as opposed to just, I have this great product or service. And, you know, it's, it's as you said, it's creating the art. It's doing all of those things and making those connections without saying we're the best in the world. Right. And I'll tell you, Deb, to be honest with you, I don't think it's a very fine line. I think it's two different foundational, really two different foundation stones in a person's, in a person's belief and value system. Mm-hmm. It's the, because uh, it's, it's, cause it's, it's, I mean, it's simple. The person that can tell the story of why they love to do what they do is genuine. The person that just tells you that what they love is gr- that, that, that they're really good at it mm-hmm. does it has nothing else to say because it's right. not there. It's not real. It's a shell. It's look mm-hmm. how pretty the shell is versus, oh, let me show you what's on the inside. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and, and we see that with people, of course, all the time where, you know, they're, they're saying, you know, that, that they've got, you know, maybe they're talking fashion. You know, they, they always buy the best clothes. You know, they go to the best hair stylist, all those various things. And, and that really is just the, the shell of them, you know, and, and they're doing all of those things because they're thinking they, they have to. Um, you know, I, I love the people that have to have the best car in the world. Um, you know, many years ago, I worked for a woman who, uh, or worked with a woman who, she was fairly wealthy, but she wanted you to know that she was fairly wealthy. So she didn't have a car. She had a Mercedes and she didn't have a babysitter. She had a nanny, you know, and, and, and every time she would use those, you know, and here's my little air quotes, those words. Right. And, and of course she used them in, you know, obviously people are saying, you know, Hey, you know, I've, I've got this Mercedes, blah, 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 blah. That's very different than I'm driving my Mercedes to work today. You know, and, and, and it's funny because we do, we put those tones in things, but you know, there, there is the. Hey, you know, I, wow, I have finally reached that point where I've made my goal of being able to buy a Mercedes. Right. Where That's very different than it's not, I'm driving my Mercedes to work today. It's funny is that it's not even about the car. It has right. zero to do with the Mercedes. It has uh-huh. everything to do with why and how they have them. So, right. it's, it's, is it, so it's funny you just drew that parallel. Is it them saying I'm finally able to buy my Mercedes or is it them saying I'm finally allowed or I'm finally right. for that to drive it? Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and, and, and that's where it is, you know, it, it's interesting, especially with Facebook. You know, we talk about how social it is to read those things and, and to see those things. And, you know, and, and one of the things, it is important sometimes because of who your client or your customer might be to have some of those outward trappings. Um, you know, I have a friend who deals with CEOs of major companies. That's pretty much her entire client base. If she didn't drive a Mercedes and charge a premium price, they're going to think, well, no. But, th- but that comes back to her brand. Her right. brand is high end. You know, all of those various things. Right, 100, 100, 100%. And we do that a lot for clients. I mean, it means something to to walk into a law firm and there's mahogany all over. And it means right. something. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing right. wrong with, with luxury. There's nothing wrong with high line. It's just mm-hmm. a matter of how do you play into it. Are you wearing that watch because you want other people to wear it? I mean, to know that you're wearing it? Or are you wearing it because you enjoy the feeling? Mm-hmm. And right. it's, it's a matter of which one is at play. And, and it all boils back down to, am I starting this business because I want to start a business or I started this business because it's something that I feel I can add value to. 
Am I starting this business because I saw a post on Instagram that says hustle harder? Or am I starting it because I'm really good at baking pizza and I want other people to enjoy my food? You know, and, and it is about making those connections with people, um, you know, and, and, and unfortunately, so many small business owners and entrepreneurs kind of were forced into doing a, a business, fell into it, all those various things. That's not to say that it can't be successful. I mean, you know, and, and so it comes back to sitting down and figuring out what are your core values? Why are you doing that? You know, maybe you're a drywaller. Okay, you know, there's lots of drywallers out there, but why? You know, is it because you love being able to give someone that man cave that they have dreamed of? Or, you know, all of those various things, or was it just, hey, it paid the bills? Right, right. And thank God today, we're, we are, I mean, I mean, you look at the way, I mean, it's, uh, if you don't watch the news, you love America, but if you do, you're not super thrilled. But you look at the way America's run, and it's really, I mean, they, they, they call it the land of opportunity for a reason. There is nowhere else in the world where it is actually practical to start your own business. Right. I told my, 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 my grandmother grew up here in America, and she was born in the 30s. If I told her that it was a good idea for her to start a business, she'd laugh in my face. How right. could that be? Today, it's fun mm -hmm. not to. It's, it's right. silly not to start a business. Because mm -hmm. if you're good at something and you know how to run a business, all the tools that are available to us, all the incentives... All the networking, I mean, the opportunities are endless. I, I mean, right. I personally imagine imagine a, a, a time where everybody works for themselves and everybody's mm -hmm. a freelance and everybody recognizes, I mean, I don't know how far off this is, but everybody recognizes who they are, what they can bring to the table, and other people recognize that in other people as well, and everyone just connects. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, and, and I think it, it's funny, more and more, and you know, this is, this is a rabbit hole we could go down and be down for a long time. You know, we, we've got the giganto brands, the Amazons, the Walmarts, you know, all of those things. And and they clearly serve a purpose. But I think in many ways, so many people are wanting to get back to the neighborhood market. You know, the, the buying the paper from the little place down the street. You know, all those various things. And some of that is, is because they want to make those connections with people. Yeah, you know, there are times where I'm going to order from Amazon just because it's cheaper, faster, yada, yada, yada. But... If it's, say, you know, a, a hand-painted piece of art, I'm not going to buy that from Amazon. Right. Of course not. Right. Well, Joe, we've got just a couple minutes left, so please tell us a little bit more about what Batesh Media does. Right. So, so I'll tell you what, what, what we can do. So, we, so we're a company that does branding, as, as we've said a lot before. Mm -hmm. um, we do branding for very big companies, as you can see on our site. Our site, by the way, is BateshMedia.com. That's B as in boy. E-T-E-S-H, media.com. Um, and we, we, there's a lot of big fancy names up there, but we're really focused on small business because that's where that, I mean, all big business is, is just a big small business. I mean, that's, that's just, that's how we run our lives in, in, in minute detail. And so that, I mean, that's how we operate. So we have a few different offerings where we're really passionate about our introductory offering, which is um, brand shop, which is really just we sit down and we hop on the phone with, with a client and it's not expensive whatsoever. We really figure it out based on the client's budget. And we just okay. go over and we develop a storyline. We develop a brand. Um, a lot of times we'll fly out and we'll meet the client and we'll really tell a great story. From there, we have regular services. So once we've told that story, we say, okay, well, how do we distribute the story or how do we create media around it? Um, and then we, we, do, we develop websites. We develop commercials. We, we do audio podcasts. We do we do um, branding decks, we do investor decks, we do branding personalities, all these different things around around that story. And then we do the distribution. So we do the social media advertising, the paid search. Um, and it's, I mean, it's, it's a lot of fun. And we, we're, we're right now, we're looking for um, clients who are, who are um, a little bit smaller than the ones we're dealing with now, because I kind of, we've, we've started working with some, with some fortune 500 companies and, and I really want to start working again with the regular people, with, with right. people who are starting up and who are passionate about what they do. Somebody I can relate to with on an almost social and personal level and we can mm -hmm. make something work. Right. You know, and, and again, you know, you, you can be found at BiteshMedia.com. Yep. And even though you're in Manhattan, you know, hello, this is an internet world. You can meet online, all those various things. And we like flying out to meet our clients because mm -hmm. we enjoy traveling and we right. enjoy meeting face-to-face. -face. But, yeah, we do that also. Right, right. Well, Joe, for the second time around, oh. <laughs> this has been absolutely fabulous. And, and I really have been having a great time. And I hope that, that our listeners have learned a lot from this conversation. Me also. I really do. I hope all of our listeners 
I've learned so much. I mean, I, that, I mean, that's why we're doing it. We're, we're here to provide value the same way right. we do in all our lives, you know? Right, right. Well, I am Deb Creer. I've been having a wonderful time talking with Joe Batesh. And until next week, everyone have a great day. Thanks for listening to the Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer. Join us next time for more real-life stories and techniques to power up your business. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.